Okay. Welcome to September, folks. We're, we're getting down to it. We finally are in football season. Labor Day's tomorrow. Kids are going back to school virtually. And obviously things are starting to look like it's going to work out. It's going to work. We're going to have a season. It's going to start on time. Like I said, it, de- it depends on where you're at because not everybody's going to have fans at their games. But we will be having football, and next Sunday we will be predicting the games. Finally. But like I said, today we still have a few more days to go and still a few more preseason topics to get through. Today is a special day because now we look into the 2020 season and what we think is going to happen with with some of the players. So today is awards day. Comeback player of the year, defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, league MVP, you know, coach of the year. We did this last year before we did our first game, but th- today we we have a little time we're going to do that today. So before we we get to it, your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, like I say, it's uh, a couple more days until the start of the season. So, um, um, hopefully it ends up being a good year in terms of things not getting canceled. You know, hopefully we can get through a full season without any major issues. But, um, but yeah, obviously today, we're like you said, we're going to talk, talk about some different awards. And... Um, yeah, we got everything, I would say, from MVP to Coach of the Year, like you said, Combat Player, Rookie of the Year. And then, um, time permitting, I got a couple bonus off features for you, too. So. Yeah. Well, like I said, he, all right, like I said, without further ado, let's get to it. All right, our first award will be Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, offensive Rookie of the Year. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Who do you think? Who do you think will be the the guy the, the guy that takes home that award, offensive rookie of the year? Well, so when you look at um, offensive rookie of the year type of awards, when you look at offensive rookie, um, tight end is a position that rarely produces at a high level as a, at, in their rookie year. So, really, there weren't any tight ends this year anyway that would be even in the mix. So. No, nothing on tight end receivers. Um, there's, there was a t- there's a ton of talented receivers in this year's draft. So there are a lot of guys. Um, I just don't see anybody really with a combination of the opportunity plus um, talent around them that's really going to totally stand out. There's obviously going to be a lot of guys that have good seasons. And, you know, we can see some A.J. Brown-type seasons where they put up a 1,000 yards, 1,100 yards. But um, I don't see, like, rookie of the year caliber guys. Um, I think Ruggs is going to have a good year. But, again, he's not going to put up huge – he's not going to He's not going to put up numbers that's going to get him in the mix for rookie of the year. And, um, you know, same with guys like Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb. They're guys that if they went to a different team, they'd be in the mix. But – you know those teams have those teams have a lot of talent at receiver, and that ball can get spread around a lot more. Um, Jalen Rager is a guy that could have a, a good year, but again, he's already injured, so he's out. And then Justin Jefferson, 
he's actually the one guy that has the um, NFL um, has, has not just the talent, but the but the surrounding talent and the opportunity as a starting receiver. But a lot of reports out of camp where that he just hasn't looked very good. So yeah, not, I don't have any receivers. So really, I got it between three players. Um, Two running backs and a quarterback. One running back is Jonathan Taylor. This guy's coming into a great situation, second-round pick. Um, the Colts really don't have a whole lot at running back. Marlon Mack's a decent player, but he's always injured. And the Colts also have the best offensive line in the NFL, plus Phillip Rivers at quarterback, some talented receivers. So I think Taylor's going to have a good year. But there's another running back that's going to have a better year. That's Ply uh, Edwards-Hilaire. He's going into an even better situation on the Chiefs. Um, Damian Williams is injured, for the, or not injured, he's on, he opted out of the season. So really there's no competition at running back either. So Edwards Hilaire is probably going to have a huge year. And then the other option is uh, Joe Burrow, who obviously the number one pick in the draft. Quarterbacks get the most love to begin with in the in rookie of the year voting. And um, he's in a really good situation in that he has a ton of talent around him. His offensive line's not great, but you look at the skill positions, he's got a ton of talent, and he's got an offensive-minded head coach. So it's between Hilaire and um, Joe Burrow, in my opinion. And like I said, quarterbacks get the most love, but I'm, I'm going to go with Hilaire here. I think he's going to have a huge season, especially on, in that system. Um, as you know, Andy Reid's system does allow running backs to get big numbers, and um, I don't see this being any different. So, yeah. I got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, like I said, I mean, when it comes to, to you know, rookies, it's obvious it depends on where you go and how they execute you. You know, if you're on a team that has a lot of, a lot of talent around you, you kind of get lost in the shuffle, and you might have a couple games where you look good, but you're you're still learning the, the system and everything else. And, and like I said, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how how all these rookies are used because none of them had a preseason games to, to learn. It's it's going to be an adjustment this year. It's not going to be like it's been in the past where these rookies have four or five games in August to get themselves prepared for this time for, for next week. It's not like that this year. So, yeah, I mean, when I look at, like I said, CeeDee Lamb is probably one of the best receivers in this draft. You can agree with me on that. And him going to Dallas is a scary thought because he has, to me, that scary breakaway speed and everything right to, to dominate. And like I said, I mean, but obviously you already have Amari Cooper on the team and you paid him a billion dollars to to be the guy, to be the, the top receiver, you know. And so his role could be could, could differ in, as the season goes on. But I'll go with, with, with the obvious choice here, and that's Joe Burrow, because he is you know, he is the quarterback. He had a legendary college season, and he's obviously going to be a very good quarterback in this league in time. And Cincinnati knows that you know, they can get back to, to back to, to contenders very soon if he if he shows himself to be very good. You know. I don't know if he's gonna have a check 
a Jeff Blake kind of career. You know, Jeff Blake was a respectable quarterback there in Cincinnati back in the 90s, in the mid to late 90s. But obviously, you know, when you look at, at Cincinnati over the last, at least over the last 10, 15 years, they had Carson Palmer, they had, you know, Andy Dalton. They've had a lot of respectable success with those guys. And I believe Joe Burrow will follow suit what those two did. So, yeah, Joe Burrow will be rookie of the offensive rookie of the year, in my opinion. All right, we're going to go to defensive rookie of the year. All right, well, on the defensive side, um, you know, the, 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 the big name, probably the favorite, that's uh, um, Chase Young on the Redskins. And I'm sure he's going to come out. He's going to have a good year overall. But, again, defensive linemen do tend to have trouble their rookie season. So um, I don't think he's going to put up as big a number as some people think, and I don't think he's going to end up being in the top, possibly even top three voting for defensive rookie of the year. It's just, it's just really hard for defensive linemen to come into the league and, and dominate. They, they have to work on their pass rush moves. They, in, in college, they can dominate just based upon their own, the fact that they're, they're so much more talented than most of the other offensive linemen. Um, but the guy I'm looking, well, I'm actually looking at two guys here. One is Isaiah Simmons, linebacker. He's going to play like a sort of linebacker safety hybrid role. Um, he's obviously in a, a, a great talent. And um, he's, he's, a guy that you can build your defense around. But the guy that I'm looking at that I think is going to be able to come right into this league and play at a high level, and he also has a ton of talent around him, which is going to make it easier for him to transition for the, to the NFL without having so much of um, so much attention from the offense, offensive coordinators on him. That's um, your boy from your, team, your other team, Patrick Queen, linebacker. Um, I think he's going to have a really good year, and with all that, like I said, with all that other talent around him, it's going to be a much easier transition. Ah, so you're going with the Ravens there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Ravens are going to be really, yeah, they might be the most, you know, all around the most complete team in the league coming into this year, and should be interesting to see. I mean, up there. But like I said, this it's going to be difficult defensive rookie of the year. I mean, like I said, Chase Young was the top defensive player in this in this draft. He obviously went as the top defensive player, so no surprise. Obviously, Washington, you know, they're not a very good team, but their front seven is, you know, if they have everybody around them built properly, then obviously they're they're a legit contender to obviously contend for a. You know, they, they could contend one of these days if they can build around. But, I mean, just looking around at this, at, at, at these, te- you know, a lot of these teams, I mean, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see. You know, like I said, it's hard to to look at it this year because of, of how there's no preseason games. And it's going to be tough, and it could be tougher for rookies than it normally is. This is a very good draft, but this is not... But this is not going to be an easy year for, for first-year players because of the fact that there there's limited practice and limited and no preseason games. So I'm going to go with um, – I'll just go with Chase Young just to be on the safe side. Yeah, 
you know, maybe he'll get five or six sacks this year and obviously prove that he he's gonna he's you know that if they do right, they'll put build around him for the future and and the Washington football team because I know you'll call him the other name will obviously be better off in the future and Chase Young will be a part of their of their return to you know return to respectability down the road. So I'll I'll, I'll say it's safe and go with the top two picks just to be on on the safe side. <laughs> All right, here's an award that you know a lot of people are gonna you know well you know what well, we'll continue on you know we'll get to that award because that's gonna be a hard award to figure out. Offensive player, we're gonna go with offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year. All right, so um, when you're looking at um, offensive and defensive player of the year versus league MVP, um, one of the main differences is when you're when you're going to be league MVP, your team also has to be good, and they have to be at least a playoff team, if not one of the top seeds in the playoffs. Um, but as offensive player of the year, like we saw with um, 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 Christian McCaffrey type of season, I mean, you, you, you don't have to you don't have to be on a great team that makes the playoffs to win this award. And um, for me, there's a lot of guys, obviously, that could end up in this position. But I think um, Kyler Murray is going to have a big year this year, statistically. He's on a team that isn't that great. They're probably not going to be in the playoff hunt. And if they are, they're not going to – maybe they'll be in the hunt short till you know, week 16 or so. But then they're probably not making the playoffs. But – they brought in um, DeAndre Hopkins. They have um, um, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, Andy Isabella is a guy that I liked in the draft two years last not this not this last draft but the previous draft 2019. He's a guy that uh, has a ton of speed. And then they got uh, Kenyon Drake at running back, plus Chase Edmonds as his backup. So I mean, they got a lot of talent on that on that offense. Especially in skill positions, their offensive line can still use work, but it's also a system that is going to throw the ball a lot. They're going to run a lot of plays. They're going to get Kyler Murray involved, running the ball and throwing the ball. Um, he's going to—I think—he's going to put up a big, have a big season this year. It's not going to be quite on the same level as Lamar Jackson last year, but he's going to be in that type of category where he's putting up maybe 900. Close to a thousand yards rushing, plus four thousand passing. So, who do you have as offensive player of the year on Arizona? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. All right. Yeah, Kyler Murray. A lot of people think he's about. He's going to take a step forward in in a big way, you know, because like I say, he's in a tough division, the NFC West, and obviously that division's going to be a battle from from week one to week seventeen this year. Probably a main division is going to be the toughest. But when I look at around the league, I mean, it, it is interesting because it could go to a team that's a contender or a team that's not a contender. And like I said last year, Christian McCaffrey won won this award and have and had a, you know and put up exceptional numbers. But obviously, Carolina on the surface was not very good. I mean, I just look around this league. I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. But I'm going to 
but I'm going to stay here in Philly because I really believe that Booby Miles is is the next. There's something there. There's something there with Miles Sanders that I I think that we we, we kind of right now taking him a little bit for granted. I think that he's going to have a big year, and I know that you know offensively they have to be big. They have to have a great. Year. They have to be good to make to make a run to de- a deep run. And I just think that Miles Sanders is going to have a is going to have that kind of season. For some reason, I just think that when it matters at the end, you know, he he's going to be in the talks. Something if he stays healthy and he has at least 13, 1,500 scrimmage yards, he's going to be there when it matters. So I I'm going to go with Miles Sanders here. For some, you know, I really believe that he, the. Things are there for him to succeed if everybody stays healthy and everything's right. So I'm going to go with uh, Booby Miles. All right, let's go to Defensive Player of the Year. All right, so um, when you look at this award, the obvious pick would be um, Aaron Donald. He's the best defensive player in the league. He's dominant. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to go in a different direction here. And I'm going to go with uh, Minka Fitzpatrick from now with the Steelers. They traded the first-round pick last year to get him. And um, he really helped um, make, take that defense to another level last year. This defense is going to be top five, and I think uh, I think he's going to have a big season. He's obviously the, the centerpiece to that team, to that team. And, um, and, yeah, I'm looking for a big year out of him. Well, I'm going to stay in the in the AFC North, but I'm not going to my Ravens. I'm going to go to your other favorite team, the Cleveland Browns. Something about, like I said, even though his season was cut short due to due to controversy and a, and a bad incident after the end of the game against Ryan Lee, the Steelers, Miles Garrett, who's a former number one overall pick, and is actually really good, you know was having a season where he could have been in the mix for Defensive Player of the Year before that incident. He's going to come out. He's going to play well this year. I think he's going to have a chance to to get 15 sacks this year. To me, Cleveland knows that they have a lot of pressure on them again. They have a roster that, to me, in theory, might be a little better than last year's. Obviously, the coaching is different this year compared to a year ago and and the year before that and probably the year before that. You know, it's the same old, same old there. But Miles Garrett has proven that obviously he's going to be he's going to be a star in this league. He's going to he's got you know he's got all all the tools to be one of the best pass rushers in football. And I think this year he if, you know if if Cleveland is a team that actually will stay be in the playoff mix. He'll have a big role in it. So Miles Sanders is going to be my defensive player of the year. All right. Um, I don't think we should do this award. Nah, I ain't going to do this award. Executive executive of the year because it's hard to really figure it out, and I don't know all the names, unfortunately. You know. I, I I we'll pass there, you know, because that that's a that's a that's an ex, that's a that's a management war. We're talking about what's going on in the field, so we're going to go to coach of the year, coach of the year. 
All right, so there's two ways you're going to win this award. Either you're going to be the coach of, um, like, the best team in the NFL or at least the best team in your conference, or you're going to be the coach of a team that maybe wasn't so great last year, maybe has mediocre to low expectations, and um, ends up exceeding those expectations. Um, so when you look at that, Obviously, when you're talking about the best teams in the league, you're looking at the Chiefs, you're looking at the Ravens, um, the Seahawks in the NFC, the, the Saints, you know, those guys, the, the usual candidates for Coach of the Year. But I'm going a different route. You know, last year we went with, um, I, we both picked Sean McDermott, actually. And um, he didn't actually win the award, but he did lead the Bills to the playoffs. And um, I'm going with another defensive coach here that is, is the coach of a team that, that has modest expectations. No one's really ex- expecting them to make the playoffs, but I actually do have them in the playoffs. And I think, um, I think they're going to be impressive this year. And that's the coach of the Broncos, Vic Fangio. I think uh, that defense has a, a year under, under their belt working under Fangio. Um, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to improve a lot and then as we've said actually as as i've said before um especially when we did like breakout players i predicted drew lock is my breakout what what, pretty much my breakout quarterback of the year this year he's got a ton of weapons around him i also think um noah fan's going to have a breakout season i just think that offense is going to be extremely improved over last year and I think the Broncos are going to the playoffs, and I'm going to give Fangio the award. Well, like I said, I mean, last year I really believed that uh, Mike Vrabel should have been the coach of the year. It went to John Harbaugh. It's respectable. I understand that. But Baltimore is always a threat. Tennessee made that, that dangerous run last year. They should have, and they went. They beat them in the playoffs and went to the AFC Championship game. Like I said, I could go with Mike Vrabel, but now that they've been close to the Super Bowl and they expect them to be good this year, I'm going to go with with a guy that you, you should, you, we should know very well, and that's obviously, you know, like I said, Tom Brady is now with Tampa Bay. There's a lot of expectations down there, more than probably ever. But like I said, if they make the playoffs and they and they make a run, if it's it's if it's like you know, if it's like business as usual for Brady to not only make the playoffs but to make a deep run, that Bruce Arians, who actually did win this award, ironically as a backup coach, as a interim coach with Indianapolis in 2012, now as a full-time coach, he will win it in 2020. So I will go with Bruce Arians just because there's all the expectations, all the situation. If everything goes right down there, Tampa. In your hometown, you know they're they're going to be a threat, and you know it. And I just think that you know Bruce Arians has been a great coach in this league in the past. You know he's he's been he's put teams in position to be very good. So I'm going to go with Bruce Arians. Arians will be my coach of the year. All right. Now we get to a very interesting one, and we could go all over the place with this one. This might be the most all-over thought here. 
comeback player of the year? Well, you could go a number of ways here, like you said. But for me, I think the clear-cut favorite um, is a guy who's coming off a pretty major injury last year. His team had a, his team had um, high hopes coming into the season, but their situation when he went out was pretty dire. It still would be dire if he goes out again this year because they really didn't do anything to improve that position. Um, and, you know, when we said we did defense player of the year, I said Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm going right back to the Steelers here, and that's Ben Roethlisberger. Um, they're, they're saying he's looking good in camp. He's looking healthy, and um, he's got the talent around him. He's a guy that consistently throws for close to 5,000 yards every year. He's getting older, so more injuries are going to be a concern. But if he can stay healthy, I think he's uh, – He's the guy that's going to win this award. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's an easy choice. He is. He, he obviously did do a, you know, we know what he's capable of. Like I said, Rob Gronkowski, there's a, there's a guy out there, you know, he's coming, you know, he's unretiring, and obviously, does he still have what it takes? Matt Stafford had a solid season going before his back gave out. You know, there's a lot of receivers out here that could win that award. But I'm going to go long from a long way out. There's a guy that you and I both know could, if he if he even starts a game, if he even starts a game this year and takes over, there's a very good chance the award is his. And it's, and, and it's not even close. And that's Alex Smith. If... If Washington goes to him, he made the team as a third quarterback, and there's a really good chance, and they said he looks like the Alex Smith of old. If somehow he makes a start and he wins them um, them a game or two, then the award is his. He's the comeback player of the year. Even though we're looking at the long term, like a whole body of work, not just one or two games, but Alex Smith... To come back from an injury so severe that nearly took his life. Nearly took his life. And, you know, he busted his ass like nobody else to come back. That this is not how his career end is going to end, you know. Not like Joe Theismann, who suffered a similar injury and that ended his career. He's coming back and he could very well be playing by the end of the season. And if, they, and if he starts a game and even plays and, and helps... Washington win, and guess what? Alex Smith is the comeback player of the year, and it's not even close. Yeah, well, if he can actually um, get in the games and play well, then yeah, he would be the he would that would be the story there. But I just don't see him. I I, I could see him getting in the games. I just don't see him playing well. Not with the, the complete lack of talent that that team has on offense. Yeah, but that 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 would be the. To come back of of all, of all one of the best comebacks ever in the NFL, just because of what he's been through, what he had to go through, the surgeries, hundreds of surgeries, and you know, like I said, his life nearly—he literally lost his life. That's how much, that's how bad the leg injury was. It was such a gruesome, and but like I said, he's he came, he's back. He looks like the Alex Smith of old, and that's a very good, that's a very good thought here. 
All right. All right, now we get down to it. Huh, the big one. League MVP. Well, let's be honest, man. Um, barring a historic season out of a different position, this is almost always going to be a quarterback. So I'm just, I'm just going to look at quarterbacks. You know, even a guy like Michael Thomas last year had such a huge season. He wasn't even in the mix. Christian McCaffrey, he had a monster year, but his team sucked. You also have to be, like I said, to win MVP, you also have to be on a winning team. So um, this is going to go to quarterback. And obviously the two favorites are Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I'm going to I'm gonna look at a different route, though. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to just say, oh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. You know, anybody can say that. Not that... Not that my pick is like some um, special pick or anything, but I'm going to go slightly different there. I'm going to go outside the top two, and I think Russell Wilson is going to win MVP this year. This guy pretty much is that whole team. He is that offense. Um, I think we'll do our picks, but I'm going to be probably picking the Seahawks to be my number one seed in the NFC, so he's clearly going to be on a winning team. Um, and with the, with not addition, but a year under his belt for D.K. Metcalf, I think Metcalf is going to have a huge year this year. You read what they've been saying out of camp out of him, he looks he looks amazing. They're comparing him to Julio Jones. Um, the guy's really, it seems like he's really going to take a major step forward this year. And um, if he can, this offense is going to be pretty scary as long as, uh, as long as Pete Carroll lets them open up the playbook a little bit, which, again, if, if DK Metcalf takes that step forward into an, the elite tier of receivers, I think they are going to open up the offense a little bit more. And, um, and yeah, Russell Wilson is the guy that has carried this offense even when they had, like, almost no talent around him. He still played at an MVP level. Um, now he actually does have talent. And... Um, and yeah, he was in the mix for the first half of the year last year for MVP and kind of faded off. But this year he's going to do it, put it together for all 16. Like I said, I mean, we all, we all watched in that playoff game how good DJ Metcalf was. And obviously Russell Wilson has never won this award, and he, I'm surprised he's been in this league. This will be his ninth season. He's coming into his ninth season. He's been... He's been by far the most consistent quarterback in the league since he came in here, numbers and everything else. So, yeah, it would be very much deserving if he wins the award. But since this may be the last year, this could be the end for this quarterback, you know, obviously he's had a great career. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He has the the best the most regular season passing yards, the most regular season touchdown passes, best quarterback rating, best passer rating. Drew Brees, if, if not now, when? This could be it. And, you know, like I said, the Saints, it's boomer busts for Super Bowl. Super Bowl were bust this year for this, for this team. And I just think that for Brees, you know, he's been close in the past. You know, in 2018, he was in the mix. And he's been, and I'm sure there's other years, 2009. I think a few other years he's been close to winning the winning this award. 
So I think that this is the year. This has to be the year, and this could be the final year of his career. Why not go out go out as a as a league MVP? Because you know you got guys like Brady, you got you know you got Lamar Jackson, you got Mahomes, you got others, obviously. But to me, it's pretty obvious that if if everything goes right, then you know with the Saints, then guess what? He's going to be right there. He's going to get that award the night before the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens there. So give it to Breeze. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, he's obviously going to be in the mix. But, um, but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. He's going to have to stay healthy, and he's going to have to put up uh, big numbers, which I think they're going more towards a rushing attack. Yeah. All right, so you have other tidbits here since we've gone through it. We still have time left, so go ahead with other things you have. Yeah, sure. One thing that we that, that tends to get ignored is the, the the worst teams of the NFL. And obviously, we're gonna next time we talk, we're gonna pick our, the playoffs, who's gonna win the divisions, who's gonna what, what's gonna happen in the playoffs, and all that. But um, little thing here, especially. When you look at what Jacksonville just did over the last week, they cut Leonard Fournette, traded Yanni Kandakwe, um, traded Ronnie Harrison. You know, they're clearly tanking, trying to get that first pick in the draft. And um, if you want me to go first, I can't see you think about it because I'm just throwing this stuff at you. But um, um, I want to pick uh, the top five in order, top five picks. The, the top the teams that are going to get the top five picks in the draft next year, which is obviously related to their record. So basically, like the five worst teams in the NFL. All right, you go, you go, you go ahead first. All right. Um, so I'm going to start with the fifth pick. Go to the first one. So the team that's going to get the fifth pick in the draft is, for me, it's going to be Carolina. Um, they're they're a really bad team. But they do still have, they do have Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, and those two guys are going to be enough to get them a couple wins to keep them out of the number one pick. Um, at number four, I got a team. There's always going to be a team picking in the top five that either has playoff expectations, hopes anyway, or you know at least is expected to be close to like us at the bubble of the playoff. Um, but number four for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the Bears in, on this list. Um, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna have a really awful year. They just named Mitchell Trubisky as their starting quarterback, and even once they do, it's it's just a matter of time. Once they do bench him for Foles, you know Foles he's been a bad quarterback outside of Philly. So I I'm, I still won't even expect much out of Foles. And as we said when we talked last time, their defense has been on the downslope over the last few years. So I just don't think that they're going to be good this year. Um, number three is going to the Redskins, which until they come up with an actual team name, I'm still going to call them the Redskins. Um, they're, they're, they're just an awful team all around. They got nothing other than a defensive line, and that's not going to be enough to win them very many games. Um, and then number two, this is, sort of like a hopeful pick because I like to see when teams try to tank I like to see him fail to get that number one pick you know you know, I'm not a Sixers fan 
I did, you know me, I just I dislike the Sixers. I'm a Rockets fan, but um, I've kind of enjoyed a little bit watching the Sixers tank and then those all those picks that they got. It, it really hasn't amounted to much. Sixers still can't make it to the finals even. So for me, I'm hoping the Jaguars don't get that number one pick and they don't get Trevor Lawrence. So I got Jacksonville number two, and then number one is a team that is is destined to be a, a dumpster fire this year. Um, the players have already a lot of the players are already complaining about the head coach. He's in a he's in a war with a sort of war with his best offensive player in Le'Veon Bell. And um, and it's it's a bad team to begin with. So I got the Jets here getting the number one pick. I think Darnold. You know, I'm not. I'm, I've never been a Darnold fan. I think he's going to fail this year. And um, whether the Jets decide to trade out at number one or they decide to take Trevor Lawrence themselves, I think the Jets are going to at least temporarily have a number one pick in the draft. Well, like, like I said, when it comes to the to the the top five that borrows a trade, you know, it obviously borrows a, you know, it, it obviously borrows a trade, you know, who, who, you know, who makes a move after, after the season's over to help their situation, so we'll look at, like, your way, the top five at the end of the season, who are the five worst teams, because that's how it goes, it's not like the NBA who has a lottery for the non-playoff teams, and Somehow they kind of do what they got to do, you know. So, so number five, like I said, number five on my list. Well, I'm just looking around here. <laughs> like I said, I mean, I'm going to start with the Chargers at number five. I know that they have a good defense, but they're obviously in a rebuild. You know, they're going to have a quarterback, you know, they're going to use, you know, quarterbacks. Johnny, you know, you know, Justin Herbert's going to get his opportunity, you know. He's going to get his opportunity this year to play, you know, to play. But he's a rookie and he's going to ha- have his struggles and the team's just, you know, they have a lot of things going on. So, so I, I have the Chargers at number five. I have Carolina at number four. Obviously, you know, they're not... They're, they're going to be bad, but they're not going to be horrendous. They're not going to be horrendous. So I think that, you know, where they're at, they obviously know that they have a lot of of, of fixing to do. You know, the line, the offensive line, obviously, but they need another weapon to, to help out uh, Christian McCaffrey because he's going to be on an island on his own this year, most likely. Cincinnati will be the number three. Obviously, they could be better off than what they are. I think the talent is, you know, it's minimum. I mean, obviously, their their defense still sucks. Their old line isn't that good, as you say. So, like I said, I mean, it's going to be a learning curve for them for the for the Bengals this year. But we'll see what happens. Washington will be the number two pick. Like I said, a lot of work, a lot of work to be done there. You know, like I said, I mean, D line's going to be good, but obviously, every, you know, offensively, the weapons aren't just not there. You have Terry McLaurin, but he's not a consistent receiver in this league. 
they don't have a running back because they got rid of Adrian Pearson. He didn't make the team, and he's now in Detroit. So, you know, we don't even know who's going to run the ball in, in Washington this year. And obviously the quarterback position is going to be a mess. We hope that Alex Smith can get to get to play. But he's now he's the number three. He made it as the number three. So he's going to be behind Dwayne Haskins and uh, whatchamacall. He's, he's been in this league a long time. Uh, I forgot the other guy's name. He 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 was with the with the Vikings. Nearly went to the Super Bowl against us. What's his name? I'm trying to say what's his name. You know for uh, <laughs> what's his name? Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Yeah, he's now in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Case Keenum. No, no, Case Keenum's not there anymore. He went somewhere else. It's Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen is there. Case Keenum yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, my bad. <laughs> my memory yet I can't fix. But anyway, so that leaves that leaves obviously the number one as Jacksonville. They're going to tank. They're not going to be good. They're going to win the least amount of games. They'll be lucky if they win two games. You know, they're they're a team that obviously go that they're looking to the future, and they're going to have to because. They're a mess. They're an absolute, you know, they're 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 a shitload. And like I said, I know you you don't want them, you know, you don't want them to have the number one pick, but remember, that depends on how many games they win. Like I said, if they win three games, and you're right, they may not be the number one pick, but they're gonna be about a two and fourteen team, and obviously I'm not jumping the gun for our Wednesday, because that's gonna be our Wednesday show predicting the records. But we all know Jacksonville's the worst team in the league right now, so give them yeah. the give them the the one number one overall pick. <laughs> all right, you got anything else? Yeah, I'll put one more thing at you. Since we do do this, we have a lot of most years we haven't really talked about it, and I can go first if you can. So you have a couple minutes to think. Um, but we do do um, at least one or two bold predictions every year. Yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead. All right. Um, I'll give you two. I'll give you two, and this gives you a couple minutes to try to think about something. I know I just kind of throwing stuff at you at the last second here. So um, I'm going to start with the first one. Um, again, this is this is these are predictions that um, you know it's it's not necessarily that I think it's going to happen. It's something that I could see happening, even though it's a long shot. But um, obviously, it's got to be a bold prediction, so it's got to be sort of somewhat of a long shot. So, first one here, you have them picking top five, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Bengals making a wild card, number seven spot. Um, I see. I I think uh, Joe Burrow is gonna come in and really make change this franchise around, turn this franchise around. And like I said, he's got a ton of talent to throw the ball to. Defense is not good. The offensive line isn't very good. But when I look at the players on that he's got around him, you know, Joe Mixon's one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. Um, AJ Green is at least for now he's back and healthy. Um, John Ross is healthy, even though he uh, did miss a little bit of time. But you know. He's a guy that when he is healthy, he can make a lot of plays, especially with a real quarterback. 
And then you look at Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. Um, there's, there's a lot of players that he, that he can get the ball to, and I think that offense is going to be a lot better than people expect. And um, and I could I could see them sneaking into that seven seed if everything goes right. And then the other one I'm just going to throw at you. Um, this is more so for anybody that maybe hasn't um, done their fantasy football draft yet or anything like that. If you haven't, if you, I know you're not really in the fantasy, but I am. And um, you know, the Ravens a few years ago they drafted um, um, Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst at tight end. They just traded Hayden Hurst this offseason because Mark Andrews has proven himself to be an elite tight end in this league. Um, but just to throw it out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Hayden Hurst ends up with more receiving yards than Mark Andrews this year. And um, when you look at the team that he went to, that Hurst went to, the Falcons, um, he's replacing Austin Hooper, who is a guy that really the last couple of years really put up a lot of some really good numbers. Um, Hurst is a much more talented player, and even though he. Um, got beat out for that starting job by Mark Andrews. When he when he has gone on the field, he has produced, and I think uh, I think I am expecting a big year out of him. So I'll just throw that one in there. Well, like I said, both predictions are going to be very interesting. I mean, to me, I could go around. It's pretty easy to look around and see what I have. But here's a name we haven't really brought up a lot. And we should know better because it is New England. And, you know, it's the post-Brady era. But they do have a quarterback that obviously they replaced. That's a good replacement. Even though he's not the same quarterback, it has not the same situation. And that's Cam Newton. And I think that Cam Newton's going to have a strong year. Something tells me that he's got a lot to prove after last year. And... We didn't mention him in comeback player of the year, but he would be eligible for it. You know, especially if New England stays, if, if New England fun, somehow stays relevant. And I think they are. The structure is still pretty good there. They're, they're not obviously going to win 13 games, 12 games like they've been the last several years. They're going to they're gonna slip down in the win column. But maybe not as much as you would think. And I'll stay here and say this. I really believe that Josh McDaniels' playbook is going to be a whole lot more open than it's been ever. Because Brady, obviously, is not the most athletic person in the world. You know that. He's never been athletic. He's always been a, a drop-back quarterback. He's never rushed probably more than 10 yards ever in a game. So I think that of all quarterbacks not named Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton will, will lead all quarterbacks in rushing. I think Cam Newton will, outside of Lamar Jackson, will will have at least maybe 600 yards rushing of co- of quarterbacks. I think he's gonna he's gonna do a lot of he's gonna do a lot of interesting things. I I can't say that's gonna lead to a lot of success this year, but if he stays healthy and and everything works right, I think Cam Newton's gonna have some gonna have some exciting. We're gonna see some excitement out 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 of them. It, it's not that the Patriots are going to be a team that everybody's going to be excited to watch, but you actually have a quarterback that's going to be exciting to look at, so to see what he he can do. So I'm going to say Cam Newton will be outside Lamar Jackson will lead all quarterbacks in rushing. 
And my second bold predictions that you gave me two, I'm going to give you another one. I mean, just looking around, just look, just looking around the league. I mean, well, even though we're probably going to, we're probably, you know, it's a bold prediction. It's not, it's not a factual statement compared to what we think. If you think Cincinnati's going to make the playoffs, if you think that Joe Burrow's worth, he, his talent is worth them getting to eight or nine victories because you're talking about eight or nine wins to get them that seventh seed. I'm going to go against you there. I think Cleveland finally makes the playoffs. I really do. I think that, you know, they have a lot to prove. They believe they're a good enough team to, to, to threaten in there. That tells you that the AFC North is going to be a tough division this year as well. And I think so. I think so, you know. I think the AFC North will be a, a tough division. And I think Cleveland's going to be a team that, you know, they're going to get their act together at the right time. You know, they may, they're not going to be always a threat, but there's talent there. They'll get their act together, and they'll make a run. And I'll give you a third poll prediction, and, this should, and you probably will agree with me on this. Houston Texans missed the postseason this year. They are not going to the postseason. Even though Deshaun Watson just got a big contract extension, the the talent is is diminished. They're, they they don't have a good running game. The loss of, of, of DeAndre Hopkins is going to be felt right away. You know, you can't trust J.J. Watt to stay healthy for, for anymore. So... Houston misses the postseason. So my three are Cam Dude's going to have a big year. Cleveland makes the playoffs. Houston doesn't. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So we both have an AFC North team sneaking into the playoffs. We'll see if either of us are right with that. Um, And, yeah, I'm not going to give away my pick for Houston yet because, obviously, we're going to talk about the playoffs next time we talk. So. You know, they're obviously at least a team that's in conversation. So I'll hold off on commenting on them. And all right, well, man, we'll see about Cam. Yeah. All right, well, that's it for this episode. Obviously, it's a great episode. I hope you all enjoy it. We'll put it out there here soon. On Wednesday, join us Wednesday evening, eight o'clock. We're going to predict the the regular season results. I mean, who's going to, what the records are, all 32 teams. And then we'll go into the postseason. It's going to be interesting. Three three AFC and NFC wildcard games apiece. And then that goes on to two and then one and the Super Bowl. You know how it's going to be because there will be football to be played. And we will be giving it to you. So, y'all enjoy Y'all enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll see you Wednesday.